Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast. If you're a healthcare provider, entrepreneur, and or businessman and are experiencing the midlife triangle of chaos, marriage, kids, business, and one or more areas of your life across your body, being, balance, and business are burning to the ground or you simply feel lost, this podcast is intended to provide light, a GPS, if you will, back to thriving. And now the host of this podcast, a chiropractor, athlete, father, husband, warrior certified trainer, and the head coach of Men of Iron, Dr. Ryan P. Doyle. We got it. Okay, so listen, this this is, uh, first and foremost, I think what, what's, what's kind of cool and what I like to do, Doc, is... Um, you have one of the reasons why I'm excited to have you on this particular podcast is you've had a, how we, how do we, how do we want to phrase this? Um, an interesting journey over the last couple of years, but you've had a, a long history of, of experience and practice in healthcare and chiropractic. You've had your own challenges within healthcare and chiropractic. You've had like the story is kind of um, a unique one. And I think that will relate to a lot of people that are kind of just out there kind of searching. So that's kind of where I'd like to start. I, I'd also like, in the end, I'd like you to be able to share a little bit more about what you're working on, the projects you're working on, how people can kind of latch in, learn more from you and kind of where they can find you. But but if you can, if you could do me a favor, maybe kind of start from the beginning, start from kind of um, where it all started and kind of, some of the challenges and tribulations. I would love, love your story to kind of get out there, Doc. So can I just kind of open the floor to you to kind of give us a bit of a, an, an overview of that? I would say your best two minutes, but take five, take 10. I, it's, I, I want to know a little bit more about what, what's going on for, for Dr. Wade. You got it. Well, first of all, Dr. Ryan, thanks for having me here today. I appreciate the work you're doing with, with both Men of Iron and just who you are and um, the parallels that you and I have had in terms of like being go-getters and D personalities or A-driven, however people want to refer to that type, which is you can bear down and just grind things out and end yep. up being destructive in the whole process. So mm-hmm. that said, I, I relate with you completely there and you've been a great listener in, in some of the challenges that I've had there. So thanks. So where does it start? It starts when I was a kid. Uh, I would just say really quickly. My mom had an experience working for Eisenhower's brother, who's a medical doctor out in Washington State. Mm-hmm. That's where she learned a holistic viewpoint because back in the day, GPs were actually holistic docs and they said, you know, let's use. So his philosophy was use home remedies before we use drugs. Okay. That is no longer any case here, as we know in the medical model. Um, so I had ear infections as a kid. That's how I discovered chiropractic. Chiropractic made a difference. As an athlete, I was playing baseball in high school, wanted to play professional baseball. Uh, it was always a dream of mine and tore my shoulder diving for ball, went through the medical model, PTs, MDs, an orthopod that wanted to do surgery. And my mom said, that's it. We're going to the chiropractor. And I said, I needed to be cuffed up for this remark, but literally she said, uh, we're going to the chiropractor. And I said, Hey, we need a real doc. And, and I should have gone <laughs> bouncing across the street. Uh, my mom was a very fit and healthy German woman who used to literally pull a plow in the field on their farm. So fast forward, chiropractic not only kept me from surgery there, it got me back playing within two to three weeks. I think I was back on the field. I could not, when I walked into the chiropractor's office, I couldn't even shake his hand, let alone, you know, grab a baseball, right? So in my eyes at that point, it was a complete turn as to what I was going to do. I wasn't talented enough to play professional, professional baseball at the time, um, even though I loved the sport. And so it was, a, again, a, a gift in disguise. So then it was, uh, I knew what I wanted to do. And I was a little afraid to do it from a chiropractic standpoint, because as an athlete, I wasn't a, a solid academian in high school, never had to apply myself. But over the years, uh, once I got into college and I realized, okay, this is where I want to go. And then everything just started falling into place synchronously. It's, it's funny how you gain clarity and you're actually willing to put time, energy and attention into it. And suddenly the, 
the uh, the athlete jock turns into quite quite a scholar. Uh, and when we're not focused, we look like a dum dum sometimes. I have yeah. no idea. What you're <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm glad you don't relate. Um, <laughs> that said, it just kind of set the course for all the obstacles that kind of would pop up, and I throughout the course of my practice when i graduated from palmer it was i was 24 got into practice right out of the gate with my with my wife who's also a chiropractor dr heather and now it's 26 years later this february and so when i look at where i've been i mean it's pretty amazing i've been blessed i've been blessed with a great life a great practice i've always been fit and healthy and very competitive um, I used to mountain bike race. I would, I still played hoops up until about a year and a half ago. I still plan on getting back into that. Um, but more to that story in just a bit. And then I, I do play competitive tennis singles that I started late in, in life after I gave up golf because I would still have to go work out after I golfed. And that became a really long day. So I said, you know what, if I can save three and a half, four hours here and play a sport that I actually can get a workout in while I play, uh, and I would notice these guys, we have a great local pro here named um, John Paulus. He's world renowned and he's still a world champ at his mid eighties age. Cool. Um, yeah, he's an absolute legend and a, and a friend of mine, but a super inspiration where he's out there playing this game this late in life, loving it. So that's when I kind of moved into it. Anyway, I started competing in tennis, did pretty well. And then my life got busy and I shifted gears, stopped playing tennis, worked on my associate that I was looking to have a successor and focused there and was going to come back into it. And then I got sick, which brings us to this date. So about a year ago, roughly, it was January 8th that I got diagnosed with, with thyroid cancer. That was 2018, wasn't it? Uh, 2019. 2019, January 8th. A year ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there were some other things that kind of went on and no diagnosis, no real confirmation. But there was about three or four years ago, some fatigue that set in and it was just kind of weird because I would get sore and achy. And at, when you're turning this age, and maybe you can relate Ryan with this, where, you know, at 24, you feel like you're still 18 at 30. You feel like you might be 23, 24, 35, 36. You feel like you're 28. All of a sudden 40, you feel like you're 38. <laughs> right or, or 58 or 50 yeah so <laughs> so things start catching up well I still feel like I'm 35 36 but in the morning I'd wake up and it'd be stiff joints stiff and you know so as I would get care and I'm not only a chiropractor I'm an I've been a patient for 49 years and so as a chiropractic patient I mean I'd get adjusted regularly and I'd see a buddy and I mean, I'm under a regular schedule versus, Hey, I go get adjusted periodically when I hurt and I really don't take care of myself, but I take care of everyone else. I'm sure there's some level of imbalance there that I've had in the past, but these last few years I've been really committed to the same kind of care I'd expect out of my patients. Well, I'm only sharing that because as chiropractors and healthcare providers and wellness uh, advocates for our patients, we would, we, we pretty much use A plus B plus D equals E, like it's very linear. And we can talk in non-linear form with our patients about things, but in our life, we might still be living that linearity. Like, hey, I eat healthy. I get rest. Uh, I get exercise on a regular basis. I'm not overweight. I'm about 10 to 11% body fat at that point. I'm healthy. And all of a sudden you get diagnosed with cancer and you're like, what? is going on here this does not make sense so it turned out that some of the experience that i had was i've um as you know i have uh an iron overload syndrome which is known as hemochromatosis which is a genetic propensity for it's a genetic variant of the hfe gene uh, and it can be either homozygous one from each parent or it can be heterozygous one from one and you could be a carrier with heterozygous or you're going to have a greater, greater propensity to express it if you're homozygous. And we know that epigenetics plays a role. So there's a lot of unanswered questions that I've had answered since then. 
but the experience has been an absolute gift in terms of how it's changed my life, changed my outlook, helped me to be a better clinician for my patients, helped me to be more empathetic in the process of a day-to-day struggle from someone who has to actually watch and get penalized for food choices or lifestyle tasking, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so to keep it really simple, the only real focus uh, or, or ability to lower the iron levels in your body is through therapeutic phlebotomy, which is dumping iron. And when we look and at that's, it- That's done through basically bloodletting, isn't it? Is that, is that not what that means? Yeah, it sounds like old school bloodletting. Yeah. And so what happens is uh, it doesn't just, you know, I'm going to go get blood, it drops. I'm going to go get blood, it drops. Your body is always in that homeostatic balance, right? And so most people, when they see their doc for it and they run some iron and they don't, first of all, it's not screened for medically as a rule. It should be and could be. And that's where my education comes in now. And I want to help more and more people that realize and don't realize they have an iron overload system because of our food and we can, that may be a whole nother episode, but the point is it's the foundation of oxidative stress and ROS and NOS, which is reactive oxidative species and nitrogen oxidative species. And so if we're going to have a higher level of iron in there and not be hemochromatosis, so that's the first question is, can you be high iron and not have, yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's what I'm finding with, some of my own experimentation in certain patients that are struggling with inflammation, I've narrowed them down. So it's not my whole patient base, but I've narrowed down to this group of basically 23 people and over 50% have been found to have iron overload and not, and only a couple are hemochromes. How um, is, is that something just out of curiosity is, is the genetic carrier predisposition? I mean, it's as easy as taking a blood blood test to figure out whether you're even in the population is it not. Correct. And, and I'd suggest this before you set off any red flags and people get like over-concerned, you know, I'm not a hammer and everything is now a nail, no pun intended, rust or steel, right? Iron. The point is that it's so foundational. It's so easy to check. Like we do a blood test in our office and if you're not in high iron, it's that we're done. We're done with that because it's not part of what's driving that inflammatory state. But if you're working on all these other things with your doc, whether it be nutritional or antioxidants, and you still have a higher level of iron, but you're not a hemochromatosis genetic altered patient, then that iron is still going to undermine all your efforts because it drives the inflammatory process. Okay. So this brings up a topic that I, I preach and teach and kind of hammer home on a regular basis. You probably heard me talk about this a hundred times. The reality of it is, is like I had my neck injury when I was seven had no idea that I had a neck injury. I had seizures when I was 14, 17, lost the function of my right arm, which led to a whole other host of issues as I was growing up. I was called like from Tourette's to whatever else because I could never settle my seventh cervical nerve, blah, blah, blah. The reality of it is, is the way that the medical system is set up is that you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Oh my God, you've got a disease. Okay, here's the pharmaceutical that we put into it or we cut out the body part. It's set up as a reactive mechanism so when we and no offense to great and wonderful physicians that are out there but the reality of it is is the system is broken when most physicians particularly up here in canada a lot of them are my buddies they're sitting there going i don't have the time to have an intellectual coaching conversation with my patients and screen them in a proper way that that gives them any sort of health advice they're not actually healthcare practitioners they are do i need to keep you alive today and they serve a purpose in that way. But the reality of it is, is that if we lead health in a reactive model, sorry, but we're fucked. So the reality of it is, is I agree with you. For me, because I didn't have pain in my neck, even though I had severe neurological conditions that were going on, we, if we continue to wait until symptoms produce, that's why we wait until stage four before we deal with cancer. That's why we wait for neurological symptoms to become, that's why we, we see patients in our office come in after 40 years of spinal negligence. And then they, they finally start to feel their symptoms and they want us to fix it in a week. And it's so backwards. If all we did was have a regular screening process that was on a regular basis, my family has colon cancer, I had to fight and pay for my last colonoscopy because my physician said the textbook says you're not 50 and you don't fall into these. And I'm like, I've got the genetic 
work that we've done in my family. My aunt just passed away. My dad just had a polyp. I fuck off. The reality of it is, is that at some point in time, there needs to be a page that gets turned that says that exercise and nutrition and spinal neurological um, habits and health and chiropractic, if you will, and mental health and all these screenings and tools and habits are actually part of healthcare. And it's a responsibility that gets rewarded for us to take action on as opposed to I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm stressing myself out, I'm eating like shit, McDonald's is part of my life, I'm, I'm, I never get adjusted except for when I'm in pain, I'm reacting to shit and I'm on 16 medications and by the time I find out about my own <clears throat> disorders, like I'm so far down the chain that it takes a radical shift in my behavior in order to even just stop, let alone recurve the, like it's what you're describing to me is the, the, the conundrum that we are all facing, unfortunately. I, I, anyway, I had to stop and pardon, pardon my rant there, but it's, it's an unfortunate part of where we're at, I think, within the whole healthcare community is that we're, we just have no way to do basic screenings or to care about health anymore. Yeah, first of all, your rant was very welcome and uh, absolutely called for because I, I completely agree. As part of the solution, which I know you're working on and you are a part of, you address the problems. You're looking at how you approach men for specifically, and not just men in the future. Obviously, you've got women of iron now too, right? We do. Yeah. So you recognize the foundational pieces that are missing in the lies that we tell ourselves that we were programmed to say, right? So I step back and look at this as in our own profession and say, where can we as chiropractors, where can we as holistic healthcare providers be better Nothing gets better till we get better, until we get better at doing this. I shared with you the gift. I knew, Ryan, when I got diagnosed and you and I had this conversation, I knew it was a freaking blessing and I couldn't embrace it yet, but I still knew there was gifts in it. I just couldn't say thank you. Yeah. It took me well into that year to be able to actually hug it and go, thanks for showing me something that I've been missing and way out of balance in my life for. And now how can I serve a greater need for these, these people that, so I'm not here to save the planet. I don't believe you are either. Um, no offense. I believe I'm here to contribute and the planet doesn't need saving. It just needs me getting out of my own freaking way. So anyway, that's an opinion and I could actually be wrong, but anyway. Um, that there's a piece that we all know. Let's be honest. There's a piece that we all need to get out of our own way. There's yeah. no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, you know, WTF, wake the fuck up Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, however you want to look at it. This is time. So my solution is to bring to light a lot of the, the, the this is so basic. If you're going to listen and say, well, what's an action step? An action step is this, just get an iron test done if you want. And it consists of four panels. And those four panels, which I can include in a bio or whatever, we can post this information. But those basic panels are going to be TIBC, which is the uh, amount of uh, total iron binding capacity. It's going to be, and I've referenced this so much, but the reality is it looks different on some different blood work. So um, you're going to look at transferrin, which is the transporter of iron. You're going to look at serum iron or serum ferritin. And then you're going to look at, um, you got transferrin iron, TIBC, transferrin saturation, or it's just going to be iron saturation. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is, so those four things, and then the last one is serum ferritin. So when you get those four markers of iron, which normally only two or three are found in the panel that your MD might give, and unless you have the saturation and the transferrin, you really don't know what your capacity is, and we still won't know what the capacity of the tissues are. Some of you will hear this and say, well, I'm anemic, so this doesn't apply to me. Time out. Anemia isn't all iron-induced anemia. Anemia is a generic term that gets thrown at medically with iron. That's the solution is they throw iron at it. Iron's inorganic. And what they allow in our food is a known carcinogen, and they still do, and there's nine different forms. It was called the Delaney exception, and it was since 1958. It was a clause that was written in that said, we acknowledge no carcinogens can go on our food except one. 
that being iron. So they still put it in our food for pregnant mothers and um, expecting mothers as well as infants. And so the rest of the population also gets forced with this now um, fortified food, high in carcinogenic iron because a small percentage of our population requires some iron. It's crazy. And so premenopausal women, way less risk. Postmenopausal women catch up with men and heart disease by statistics because once they stop dumping blood, they start accumulating it faster. And part of the theory is because they have higher levels of estrogen, they are more iron affinitive. So it's, it's Ryan, it's caused and forced me to go dive deep in an area where I wasn't getting answers. And I think that's where like you in your history, you had to go actually try to solve this problem. And someone at least said, Hey dude, there's hope for you that allowed you to keep on your path of pursuit rather than just going, Nope, you just got to live like this, man. This is it. Yeah, that's it. No, I'm glad that you're doing this, man. So where is this leading you now? What I, I can tell that you, I mean, just to solve your own stuff, figure out, understand it and have a, a good understanding of what's going on. You've done your research. Now, where are you going with this? Other than for yourself, because that's an ongoing journey. Uh, it sounds like this has become, there's, there's something in this for you now. Well, I, I think, I mean, there's, there's a bit of an obligation and not like, oh, I got to do this. I got this, you know, camel on my back. I think it's a travesty that I have 23 other patients in the medical model I'm adjusting them as a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. They respond to chiropractic. But one of the things, real quick story, my brothers, I have four brothers, three, there's four boys and three girls. I'm number six of seven. Mm-hmm. Um, my two older brothers, we've checked, one has it. My younger brother probably does. Um, my sister, one that we checked, did not. The other two, are either just stalling or whatever we all you know we all have our own reasons but case in point we discovered my brother and his iron was higher than mine his iron saturation so what's interesting is just in testing those it's super simple the iron test was 45 bucks that's it and you can rule out and if it did i'd say hey cool great news that's not your problem other problems work with your doc get get this squared away his doc actually decided to take it serious and they put him on an aggressive phlebotomy, uh, therapeutic phlebotomy schedule, which is again, regular dumping every other week. And I'm like, whoa, I am so impressed because another patient of mine we discovered um, was also high saturated and he actually probably is hemochromatosis, dragged his feet for three months. Finally, gets to see his doc his doc acknowledges and said and he's only given blood twice and he already feels like 75 percent better wow but to talk to these people we talk about asleep awake or aware awake awake aware and then action right yeah i'm talking to an asleep crowd that thinks i'm just going wolf 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 you know like everything is iron no i'm just saying it's so easy to rule out that now once you rule it out, move on to your next thing. But if you don't rule it out. Yeah. And was, was, was your, was your only real symptom? Like, well, I mean, I guess what was your, what was the symptom that would, would have brought you to your, even your awareness of this? Cause otherwise I don't think you would have even checked it. Had you not known that it was part of your family or was it just like, listen, this is part of my family. I, I know that I need to check this. Is there something that people can watch out for? Yeah. First of all, I want to ask you as a listener, are you taking a multivitamin? And if your multivitamin has iron, the question is why and where and ask the resource. Some of you are taking a great iron supplement and you're anemic and you actually get great response. And it's a, maybe it's coming from what's called the non-heme sources, which is a vegetable-based high iron supplement, which is definitely better than the heme form that has more affinity. But the bottom line is this, the resource with which you get it. Are you getting it from grass-fed meats? Are you getting it from liver? Uh, Morley and I, Morley Robbins, we talk about some of that on my podcast, but the, the real key is, as I'm learning more about what balances iron, we know that glyphosate GMOs, you know, take away the minerals and the minerals are what helps balance some of the iron. So that's a big thing like copper. I discovered 
the, I was shaving literally and I turned my head and I, I found this lump on my throat. I'm just like, what the heck is that? It didn't hurt, Ryan. It didn't stick out. Like I'm talking to you right now. You wouldn't see it. I just happened to turn and I swallowed. I'm like, whoa. And then I swallowed again and like it moved. And I'm, I thought well, that's not good. So, and I palpated it and it was no problem. I told my wife the next day and I didn't want to worry her. And I told her the next day, I had already suspected I was uh, a hemochrome, but never had any genetic testing. I regulated my diet and reduced my levels of iron through that to a degree. And I thought I had it under control and I wasn't, I just thought I had high iron, which was giving me achy joints and some fatigue because it can do that. Well, then I realized, okay, I better do the genetic test. Boom, it was confirmed. And all of a sudden now I was having high levels of iron. And by the way, who was it? Dr. Mercola's dad, I believe, uh, had hemochromatosis or he was just super, super toxic. Mm -hmm. His was close to a thousand, I believe. And the top range is right around 400 plus. And those, by the way, those markers are not accurate. They're from the average population, not a healthy population. Right. So we do want them lower than that anyways. But that's where he discovered and he puts in his book, you, you want to be aware and be able to give blood periodically throughout the year if possible. Um, so I noticed in a number of ways. And then I realized when I got, had my thyroid showing up with a, with a lump, I monitored it. And there was no pain at the time, but all of a sudden, I don't know if this was part mind matter, but I, my swallowing was getting harder and I felt like I had food in my throat when I, when I didn't. And that created a level of anxiety. I remember I was on my way out to, to Victoria and I, I had my first or second bout of anxiety and I don't have anxiety, uh, but it hit me and I was just getting on the plane and I felt closed in and it was like, what is this? I got to get off this freaking plane like now. I, I, is uncontrollable. And then all of a sudden I breathed my way out of it. And within like two, three minutes I was settled down and it was good, but it scared me that I actually had that experience, right? Like where'd this come from? Wow. And so this impending kind of enclosing doom was part of air asphyxiation and the whole fear behind all that. Well, it continued to get a little worse. We travel over Christmas, came back and it's like, I got to get this checked out. Sure enough. By the way, little did we know when we had an insurance policy started a few years back, I had the top 3% health rating, which is in like the 98th percentile for the best insurance, like some of the best life insurance. So, I mean, I had like great markers. They tested me and here's where they put us. So, I mean, my chiropractic lifestyle, my dietary habits, my cholesterol, my blood pressure, all that was like, cool. Um, a plus stuff. And then all of a sudden this happens. So, you, it just doesn't make sense. And then you look at it and go, okay, wait, where's that system of perception broken? Like, because I, I'm athletic and because I'm fit or because I look healthy and appear healthy to others, then automatically you are. Yeah. L little did I know heavy metal toxicity was accumulating in my body. My thyroid was saving my life. It was encased in a capsule. So when they did the surgery and over six months, I, you say, well, Hey dude, as a chiropractor, you should have been able to heal yourself. Okay. I, I'm not going to sit here and say someone can't do that, but I went holistic and I also went pragmatic. I said, I'm going to give myself six months. And I asked my holistic healthcare providers where I was traveling out to Oregon uh, and Seattle and literally hopping on a plane, going get treated over weekend in intense bouts, coming back, going to work, seeing my patients, going back the following weekend or two weeks later, get tested again, work on my nutrition, work on cleansing, work on detoxification, go back and get tested again, treat, treat, treat. And then if I can, in, I said, what's a fair expectation for results? They said, I said, how about six months, three months? They're like, that sounds fair. We should either be seeing something happen or holding something still, right? Just not growing. Cause it was growing and the swallowing was getting worse. Well, I gave it six months and sure enough, 
Instead of three masses, there was five. Wow. And they were big, and one was the size of a golf ball, which was the one that was pressing on my esophagus. So my surgeon that I literally did not have healthcare coverage in my home city in Madison, I had to go to Seattle, found a great surgeon. So when people talk about, I can't get help in your office, Dr. Ryan, I can't see you. And you laugh and go, you can see me. It just has to be a committed choice to see me. And everyone isn't Dr. Ryan. So he can't like just say, yeah, go, go here and you're going to get the same thing. It doesn't, I know you want him to say that, but he can't because it's not true. He is, he offers his unique service. Same point. So without getting off on, on too far a tangent here, I had to go out of my way inconveniently to hire experts to help me get to where I wanted to be in a way that suited my philosophy. That actually was being true to me. So by the time we took it, I knew I did everything. And that's, that's, the, that's the commitment I made to myself was, Wade, go all out, do everything you can holistically. But I've watched friends and colleagues of mine die because they were stubborn, because they were not seeing the big picture. And it was all about their philosophy and their principles versus be open to being wrong, be open to being to learning, be open to possibilities that expand me and don't contract me the need to be right. That's it. That's it. Bravo. So now, now what? I am focused on helping people, number one, recognize iron overload, okay. teach a lifestyle that actually pragmatically gets results, not just theory. I'm like, the guy that thinks where, and I use this, this adage quite often, where the rubber meets the road. I don't care if you have a theory for me. I want to know, does it work? And does it work for? And, and can you measure it? And can you measure it? I love it. And that's what you do great with Men of Iron is you say, look, if you're going to do it, can you, you can't measure what, what you can't, well, how does it go? You can't, you can't control well, you what you can't be, measure. Yeah, you got to be able to measure your results. Otherwise, I mean, you can tell me all kinds of fun. But the everything shows up in measurable results. It's yeah. not a goal. You have to have a target that's measurable at the end. Yeah. And then, okay, so needless to say, you're, you're setting up, um, you're helping people, and you're, you're setting up tools and procedures with which you can measure results. And, and how, how are people finding you now? Is it mainly just in your office, or who are you helping now? Well, great question. Um, Honestly, people aren't coming to me for that, at least at this point. I haven't advertised it. I haven't marketed it to anybody. I literally am just – so my wife and I, she does functional medicine specifically, um, and I do you know, 99.9% .9 of the adjusting, and I'm an internal health specialist through enzyme therapy. So that's where it started, and my whole GI slash inflammatory response starts with you, you cannot start to detoxify the body and just move things into the bloodstream where the body is going to homeostatically recognize it and say, now I got to stick this some other place. So this theory that people have, and, and I heard this from, I don't know how many of our colleagues that know just enough nutrition to kind of be dangerous in the state. And I don't mean just our colleagues. I mean, like it, it, whether they be nurse practitioners and, or some naturopathic where I found that there was a ceiling of knowledge, Ryan, and it would be like, hey, I know a lot about this. Like my doc knew a lot about the thyroid because he did over 370 surgeries a year. I'm like, well, you're the guy that has the best experience with this. And I asked him, I said, do you think there's any connection with, you know, high iron overload or iron toxicity in this? He goes, absolutely coincidental. I have a great deal of respect for him as a surgeon. But as Morley and I uncover and we trace back where the genes were turned on, yeah. there's a huge connection yeah. with it. Yeah. I but, mean, you, you find that in area, any area of expertise, and this is the hardest part with, with individual uh, processes like this, is like, I know a lot about kidneys, but I'm not going to be your nephrologist. Right. I, I hate to say it, but this is kind of why um, people that have had experiences like this, I believe, like yourself, really kind of need to come to the forefront. The tricky part is that the rest of the world looks at you and says, they put you into a bucket that you're a chiropractor. Who are you to have the, the experience? But this is where I'm always trying to push and encourage. I'm assuming you're doing a lot more of this conversation with your podcast now, aren't you? Yeah. 
Yeah. So the reality of it is, is that's the whole point of me doing this conversation is that people that are looking for more, there are people out there that have more knowledge in these topics than a generic doctor or but we, we need to have a place to go to uh, when, when we're searching for answers for, for different pieces. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that people, more and more people will, will find you and, and, and some of the resources that you have to be able to, to, to get to a place of better understanding. So that's why I'm going to continue to blast this on you is that how, how and where are, are people going to be able to find more of the information as you come up with more of the information? How can they do that, Doc? Uh, great question. I would say, number one, ask your doctor to run that panel for you. Go through your healthcare provider and ask them to run it. And based on your numbers, what I'm, what I'm working with is a system to, to be able to help people outside of our borders that can actually, and I, and I can right now, um, my history and certification with nutrition has been over 26 years. We started right out of the gate. My wife had some health issues with GI. So that's where that started. And so we have a, a real holistic practice where we deal with all different types of problems from a different level and different depths. And so we get a lot of referrals that way. But what I'm, what I'm really seeing, to your point, is that there's this unmet need. And there are some generic Facebook groups with hemochromatosis. I've been in them. I've read them. I see where the conversation goes. I see how diluted it is. And here's the value that I want to share. Unless you get really, really good at living your life and having measurements like Dr. Ryan talks about specifically and basic ones. You don't have to run every test all the time. Once you, if you ran your blood work and you had high iron, now go get your genetic test, but don't run, get your genetic test first. Just see where you're at with your iron. Keep it simple. Keep the costs low there. Just start. Okay. Get some information. If you're not getting good feedback from your doc and they're not urgent, give me a call. I'm happy to help or direct you. Um, I have had a heck of a time getting a phlebotomist or even a facility that allows me to dump because I have to pay 75 bucks a dumping. And at first I was doing it every other week until I got my numbers down. Now I can do it once every three months with my lifestyle and my management and the strategies I teach as to, as to how to minimize iron absorption and eat healthy from an anti-inflammatory, autoimmune, paleo, keto, dairy-free, grain-free, and fine-tune how your diet is affecting you. Wow. It's unbelievable. All right. So I've got one more question I want to know. Okay. So um, I, I want you before we leave to share with everybody what your podcast is. So at least people can, people that are in this, this realm can listen to you. But one of the things you said right off the hop is one of the things obviously that we do within Men of Iron is, um, and one of, one of the things that lights me on fire. I take um, essentially uh, business parents I use the term business parents because it's us. You're in business. You're a parent. You got relationships going on in the midlife triangle chaos. It's chaos for us all. Let's be honest. If you're, if you, if you fully think that you're in control of everything while we're going through this midlife, whatever it is, awesome. Check. <laughs> but the reality of it is, is that keeping our body going, keeping our mind going, keeping so our, our fulfillment, filling our cup back. So God forbid we can actually have energy to be able to provide to our patients, customers, and family, be able to keep our relationships like, like, like some spark in our relationships or some connection before we disconnect, as well as keep our businesses running and be able to keep that engine going. The reality of it is, is that the clearer we are in the direction that we're going, our values, our mission, the easier it is to kind of organize those things. But every once in a while, the universe, God, whomever it is that you want to uh, call it, likes to throw these little curveballs into our life. Henceforth, your challenge. You said right, right off the hop of our conversation that you sat there in your pit, in your shit, if you will, and you, you were stuck for a, a bit. You were aware that there was a gift. And this is one of the things that I think is, is not taught very well, is that ultimately most of us will end up getting stuck looking for evidence to support the stories that we have about the shit that we're in. You said you were aware that the gift was coming. My question to you, because this is ultimately where my energy comes from, is I like to light people back on fire when they're down in their pit. 
So what what was what's your experience been? I just just a short share, if you will, <laughs> from going through. Oh my God, what the hell is going on? To actually, this is a tremendous gift for me to be able to be able to provide some form of service to to the community, as opposed to, oh my God, this is just hell. What 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 did that look like for you? Were there tools that you used? Was there were there resources that you used? Because there's going to be more people than you you and I really know because we wear a mask about our pain. We sedate it. We run away from it. We hide from it. <clears throat> so many of our patients will come in, and there's going to be more than just a physical injury that's going on. There's all these things that are running on in the background of our computer that are dragging our energy down, that are actually creating dis-ease inside of us, manifesting more disease. So I'm just curious as to what was your process? What is there anything that you could share with people that may not be in the healthiest environments at the moment, possibly in a really shitty situation? What what would you what could you share with with the, the community at large about your process? I'm just writing because it was awesome. It reminds me of the book that I have that you might have as well, and it's called What One Thing. <laughs> one thing. Dr. Wade, what one thing is it that made the real difference in your life? One thing. Hmm, let me see. I think of my cousin Vinny in uh I think of this mountain when he goes off on this rant giant loud whistles okay anyways great scene if you haven't seen it the point is everything is stacked up the weight of the world of these two kids getting them off uh get, getting them off of their their indictment and all this bottom line is there wasn't one thing there was this culmination of history of all the mentors i've ever chosen the profession that i was in tony robbins that i did years ago that i also left once i looked at pedestals and who who we put on pedestals and the human capacity and all, my, all my versions of success that I've had over the years, what I labeled as success, and then being athletic, fit, and not being any, anywhere in this category, quote unquote, of heart disease, stroke, diabetes, mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, dementia, even though they were in my family, but um, not the diabetic part. But cancer was not the label I was going to die from. It just wasn't, th that was like not a word I used for me. It was something else I, something else I was going to go from. Mm -hmm. So when you say, what was my process? Uh, How did you go from pit to gift? Like, like honestly, you have a fire inside of you. Doc, you've been, you've been diagnosed with cancer, yet you've got a fire that's inside of you that's burning brightly. How do people collapse that? Uh, okay. People collapse that by first just taking a breath in this moment and recognizing you are not a victim. I just, I was not a victim. I was a co-creator. And all of a sudden my life, it's like I subconsciously knew the consequences of my life, but lied that they weren't going to happen because of my criterion of success and health. Because I do this, I can fend that off. Well, guess what, Wade? We, we, you and I joked about it from the type A and the go, go, go and the grind harder. So my nemesis was my own ability to overuse a muscle that I developed as a kid. And that was, I was small for my age. So on the football team, when I was in eighth grade, they put tape on your helmet so the coach can remember your name. And I don't share this story with anyone. I haven't said it in years. <laughs> and they put Annie on mine for Annenson. And then they, then they, they taped over it and put Runt. <laughs> That's how big I was. I was four, nine and a half as a freshman. That's awesome. And I grew later. So right now I'm 6'2", as you know. I'm just kidding. I'm only 5'11". But on the, on, the, on the stat sheet, it says 6'2". That scenario of overusing a muscle to always get through things and overcome and, and play larger than I was, was the same thing that ended up being the thorn in my side later on. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It was just an awareness that said, guess what, Wade? It may not be serving you anymore. And this whole yin-yang part of balance in life needs to shift. And you might have to actually acknowledge that your wife was right. 
So no, no, no. we don't want to we don't want to go that far. That's going too far in this conversation. <laughs> so bridging that gap, I Ryan, it's kind of it's 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 almost I just knew it was a gift. I just didn't like I said, I couldn't I couldn't embrace it. But yet I knew somehow I was gonna I was gonna make an impact with it. Like I wanna I'm gonna I'm gonna use this to help people because that's what I do. Awesome. And I think that this this is the piece that I like to talk probably the most about. Uh, when I, I I use the reference, the midlife triangle of chaos. So there's this this whatever way that we enter the conversation. Some people enter it from a point of when we when we take care of our business and our finances and providing, then everything else works. Some people, it's when we take care of our family, then everything else works. Some people, it's when we take care of our body so that we've got the engine that runs, then, it, then everything works. For me, it's all about fulfillment and making sure that we, we, we take care of our being and we're connected and aligned to our own values and a mission that, 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 that supports the, the direction that we're going. So when I talk about anything, it's, it's always about being clear on values and mission. What's, what's fascinating for many of us is that, that when we're wandering through this journey of life, we have experiences like you have. All of us have different experiences that try to knock us off. But when we have significant challenges, it's amazing how, like this, we get clear on which direction we're going. <laughs> and, and how fast it realigns us with, is this really important for us right now? Yes or no? And which direction am I actually taking this? Right? And that's one of the wonderful things, wonderful gifts, if you may, that I am observing in you is that it's 100% steering you in a direction of purposeful action that our community at large really, really needs right now. So, and I thank you for stepping into it as a gift as opposed to a, oh God, where is this taking me? Because right. this is unfortunately where a lot of people go and then it just takes them right off the cliff. Well, in fairness, um, don't, don't even think that that made everything easy because I've been a pill to live with. Um, and what, what I really want to acknowledge is the bullshit I still lived under because what it showed me was my, my definition of success was bullshit. Um, my energy that I was putting my life into was bullshit and the meaningful things stayed at the core as you, as you eloquently stated. And the stuff that I realized wasn't important started to fall off like dead skin, like yeah. the wayside. Yeah. But I was, and, and what I've been truly working on the most is the destruction, the destruction of the ego. And it has been, uh one of the biggest challenges and it's not over sadly because apparently there was a lot of ego in there and one of them just right around being a, a caregiver and not having the funny thing is my patients didn't know um and many of them i'm telling them now like they knew and they still didn't because i i literally had surgery took a vacation for a week while i was convalescing came back through with my surgeon back through the, the, the uh, Seattle on my way home to get a post-surgical visit and say, yep, you can. And now I'm back in the office going and seeing patients. So I did modify my hours, but I'm blessed with a great practice. I have awesome patients. And so good. The, the bottom line is it, it has not been easy and it's been, I'm still learning and I'm thyroid stuff is, I mean, I, I think I got off easy number one, because that's the kind of cancer I had versus some other much more severe cancers. So I'm not here claiming I have all the answers ever. I'm literally just looking at this going, hmm, how many other people struggle with this and never get back on track or they're waiting for the other shoe to drop? And Doc, you answered a very difficult question. I threw, definitely threw you under the bus on that one. And you've done a, an amazing job considering um, how the weight that that could be put, put a, placed upon you. Okay, so here's what I wanna know. People want to know how do they, how do I get a hold of Dr. Wade? Your your podcast is called what again? It's called uh, Frankly Speaking with Dr. Wade. It's all one word. It's on iTunes. It's now on Stitcher. It's on iHeartRadio. They can find it anywhere. Podcast uh, popular podcasts are found. Awesome. Um, 
I talk about pertinent health issues for patients. The whole point is there's so much information out there. We try to distill it down through a funnel and go, look, here's what's out there. You don't need more. You just need clarification and maybe an opinion as an action step. So I see myself as more of a drug-free health advocate and a health strategist than somebody with all the answers. But my experience over 26 years and um, my lifestyle, I've kind of like always been learning, but never really just sharing all of that. And now I just want to put it into place and not have to keep repeating myself. Yeah, it's awesome. I love and appreciate it. Are there any other resources that you'd appreciate sharing at the moment? Uh, my website is getbackfast.com, just like it sounds, G-E-T-B-A-C-K-F-A-S-T.com. That's an easy one versus trying to say Anderson Chiropractic. Um, <laughs> I will be coming out with another podcast, so watch for some episodes there regarding, um, it's going to be sat satire in our profession and in the medical model, so we're going to we're gonna have fun with that, and I'm gonna invite you for an episode. I will be, too. I will be all over that, and then of course, I can't wait to see you at one of the Men of Iron events. So I'll see you soon, there, brother. <laughs> I'm feeling the heat now. I gotta carry this this iron girder on my shoulder. <laughs> uh, one of these days, we'll we'll kick you. Do you want the real Iron Man there? <laughs> you betcha, man. <laughs> all right there's, see it. <laughs> there's an invite so i'm going to extend an invite to any other um here's a challenge any of your audience that hasn't determined if they're high iron or not get that cheap test done with your doc if you've struggled with heart disease stroke or it's in your family history alzheimer's dementia or diabetes cancer oh. those top five then you want to rule out iron. And if you don't, great. And if you do, let's have a hemochrome or an iron overload group show up for men of iron. I love it, man. Okay, brother, listen, thank you so much for showing up. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for stepping into some of the, I will we'll call them not so easy questions that, that we are all facing. I love and appreciate you, Wade. Have a wonderful evening. Hugs and kisses to everybody. Have a great night, man. Say hi to your beautiful bride, and thanks for having me. I'm honored, brother. Tracy said to say hi as well, and we look forward to having you back out our way sometime soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye for now, man. Ciao.